Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, presented by DraftKings. Femi Abebefe, alongside Mike Palm, our VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, and also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes in the early 90s. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Hell of a weekend that we have on deck here for the football. I mean, we got obviously what happened last night yeah we got conference title games coming up tonight we have obviously championship saturday tomorrow then of course a sunday slate in the national football league exciting times vikings vikings in town we have yeah. Derek stevens running in the great santa run tomorrow morning okay, it's gonna, nice. oh is he i want him to post a price will he finish he's doing the 1k okay there yeah. there's a, it's a 1k and a 5k <laughs> so there's the serious and those that are having a good time. But it's one of the best weekends, and specifically in Las Vegas, maybe oh, the best goodness. weekend of the year. Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We look forward to this one. We got the Pac-12 Championship, the Mount West Conference Championship as well, uh, some tournaments. Uh, yeah, the calendar's heating up in terms of sports in Las Vegas. But Femi's in another gear. Did you feel that a little bit, Mike? You know, the intro right Turns there? Turns He's charged up. And I, I know only, why. I just listen for national. I champion. know why. That's all I listen for, and then I practice. I practice my reaction. Oh, so. is that what it? Oh, you just shrug. If I shrug. You, yeah. you, you hey. know that peripheral vision you I have know. as a wide receiver. Yeah, it's pretty right. strong. We but it's, it's pretty good though that he's uh, amped up right now. I know well, the yeah, reason why. Well, the Cowboys why. came back. I well, said yesterday with Tim, Tim Murray. I said he's going to be so difficult to deal with. If they lose this game oh, at all, that second he'll half, he'll be a bear for two hours. Not only, not only that, but. Bo Nix. Mm. <laughs> it's over. He all, no guess, all I got to do is say Bo, and this guy's going to light some, up. Some might say it's Bo Nix Friday. <laughs> some might say. Where's the party at? That's all I want to know. I mean, so the plan for tonight is to watch the game at home because okay. it's obviously going to be a high leverage situation with the Oregon-Washington yeah. game. But uh, we'll get into all of that coming okay. up because I, I want to ask you guys about how we can kind of monetize this tonight here. So I hope you a have a lot of, of liquidity for your monetization because uh, <laughs> every Heisman voter I talk to said it's not a race. Well, I mean, let's they see. all say it's Daniels and yeah. it's not close. Really, yeah. I, I think the loudest voices right now are saying Daniels. Okay. My suspicion, voters. I mean, my suspicion are... is that we have a silent majority. That after tonight, yeah. the tune might. Change. Here's the one yeah. thing I will say: if you're ready to monetize, wait till tonight, because the chances he has a bad game are very low. But he's going to move in the market, and you, you have to know books will keep this open, right? They're going to keep this open through these games. Um, You'll get a better price on Daniels after tonight than oh, you can today. And yeah, I think okay. as long be, as the Oregon wins, of course. Yeah. Well, even if they lose and he plays very well. <laughs> well, if, if the criteria is winning, then Daniels shouldn't be considered. I think if there's only <laughs> one game that's difference between them and the win-loss record, I think then maybe that kind of 
There's, with a win loss record, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. There's okay. so okay. many layers. Of, there's right, a lot of layers. Football, right? A lot of layers. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. That's why I'm fired up. I mean, <laughs> we got that going on. Obviously, we have the we have the scenarios: Bama, Georgia. I mean, what oh, happens man. if Alabama were to pull off the upset? Mm-hmm. What happens in the ACC title game? There's a lot going on in college football. Stormy told me yesterday with great conviction that Alabama controls their own destiny. That there's no Ooh. way they. I said with a. She said you you're gonna go back and talk about a week two game. That week two game means something and. and I mean, well, doesn't it? Don't they all mean something? Well, people are knocking Texas because of the OU loss, though. I mean, are you going to go yeah. all the way back to the OU loss for Texas? I mean, how do you well, how do you say Texas beat Alabama at home, but yet Alabama should leapfrog if Texas should win as well? I, I find that here here's a great statement. We we, we could talk about this for two hours. But <laughs> we could. Kurt Herbstreit. <laughs> well, we have two hours. Kurt Herbstreit <laughs> made this statement. I heard it yesterday, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Mm-hmm. It would be a greater travesty for Texas to get in ahead of Alabama than for the committee to leave out an undefeated Florida State. That's stupid. What? <laughs> That's stupid. You that, think the greater travesty would be to leave out Florida State? Um, I do. Yeah, in that scenario, absolutely. I mean, I, I, an undefeated Florida State, too? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they yeah. might be on their third-string quarterback tomorrow. Well, I, I don't care. <laughs> 13 and no is 13 and no. Right. I in mean, the Power 5 conference? I agree with both Look, of you. We, yeah. But it's an but interesting... The thing, yeah. Because we won a, we won right? a national yeah. championship without Darren Hagan, though. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't diminish you. I mean, we, we had a quality backup. You know, if Florida State has a quality backup and they're that good of a football team, it shouldn't matter. Let's table this. Okay. Because right. we can go so long with this. I want to set the table for what we do have coming up on the show. <laughs> Second hour, 1130 West Coast time, 230 Eastern. <laughs> Michael Felder, college football analyst, will be joining us to break down all of these scenarios. As you can oh, tell, man. we're fired up for college football. He's in for it. Felder's Felder to stick around for two segments, <laughs> not just one segment. But we got to go ahead and react to what we saw last night, Thursday night uh, football. Uh, both teams gosh. were on seven days rest, so we actually got an entertaining Thursday night game. Imagine yeah. that, NFL. Yeah. Imagine that one. But the Cowboys beat the Seahawks 41 to 30. 35. Seattle covers the number. Wasn't even close from a side standpoint. Seattle was in the number the entire game there. And then a game flies way over the total of 47 and a half. What were your guys' kind of thoughts last night? Dak Prescott had a really good game. Geno Smith, I thought, played probably the best game maybe of his career last night there with 334 yards. DK Metcalf, obviously a big game as well, but the Cowboys improved to 9-3. This LeRon Bland wants to pick the ball off every time. <laughs> it's, every that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Every play. That's going to be a problem in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Because you can't get, give up these 75-yard Maybe touchdown passes. Hmm? In the NFL, you have to make teams march on 10 and 12 play drives. Right. Hope they won't turn it over. Hope they won't get a holding penalty to back them up. Right? That's mm-hmm. the, the name of the game in the NFL. Yeah. You're not just going to bury teams and drive them backwards every possession. No, no, no. But all. you have to make them be perfect going down the field. So it's a little bit too boom or bust for me with the Dallas I thought Dak played very well. I was not impressed with Dak on Thanksgiving. I thought he was mm. inaccurate. I, I didn't think it was one of his better games. Played much better last night. This was the fifth game in NFL history that did not feature a punt. Yeah. Fifth, only yeah. the fifth time in NFL history there was a beautiful, game without a punt. It? It, yeah. it was really beautiful. It was, actually, it was a great game. It was a great I mean, game. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, there, there's so many takeaways from it because I, I think uh, if you like to back the Cowboys, you feel really good about the offense. You feel really good about McCarthy. Uh, calling plays and setting up plays for Dak. I mean, setting up Ferguson in a red zone against Jamal Adams when Adams can't cover, you know, that's that's taking advantage of your personnel. And that's also uh, scheming it a little bit. Eight trips into the red zone, you mentioned no punts. Eight trips into the red zone is incredible, right, to think about. So, But on the other side, you're right. Uh, there's some tendency flaws, uh, I think, from Dallas that when they play elite offenses, because Seattle has been struggling a little bit offensively, but then Geno put together a game like, say, say the profile of a game or an, another game for Dallas is they have three outstanding wide receivers, kind of like what Seattle had, mm-hmm. uh, can protect the passer as well. Or if they're physical, that Dallas defense, there's some flaws out there. So you, feel, uh, you don't feel as confident about that. But, but, but the name of the game, to me, off- offensively, uh, is scoring points. And if Dallas can average or put up that many points, and if they can get home field advantage, then you feel really good about Dallas down the stretch here. You, there's a look ahead to next week. Mm-hmm. This, this number is sitting at around three and a half as Dallas favored at home to Philadelphia. Right. How, what's your initial reaction to that? Number? Well, I, like I said, at home, I, Dallas is a different team. I mean, offensively, Dak, the way he's playing this game, the way he's throwing the ball, I, I think the sidelines too. You got familiarity there on, on both sides, really. Uh, I, I just think these games that Philly's going through, this gauntlet that Oof. they're going through, mm-hmm. it's just going to wear them down. I mean, trying to get up for each and every game, it's like a playoff stretch for them already because they're yeah. fighting for home field advantage too. And so 
last week they got up for that one against Buffalo. Okay, they got to get up for this one against 49ers. And then now you got to go up against a, a Cowboys team that feels really, really confident and right before now. before Buffalo was Monday night in Kansas City. Yep. I mean, and that, just, that too. Just, right, it's, right. It's, the thing for Philly this week is if they can beat San Francisco, if oh. somehow they can beat it, they really lock up the one, one right. and one the East. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a week schedule after Dallas, yep. right? right? And they can get rested, this older team. They can pretty much get right for the playoffs. Exactly. But they lose, and, and I late two and a half earlier in the week with mm -hmm. San Francisco because I like them a lot. Yeah. Then it becomes interesting. The East becomes in play with them having to go mm -hmm. to Dallas next week. The one seed. The one seed sure. becomes I, in play. Is Dallas somehow got the one? I mean, but oh, the, I don't know how they overcome because they lost straight up to the 49ers, yeah. Yeah. right? So. Yeah. And, and the Cowboys close very difficult yeah. as well. It's mm -hmm. like you have the Eagle game Buffalo, next week, Buffalo, mm -hmm. Miami, yeah. then Detroit coming yeah. to town. Like That's a pretty tough four-game stretch there. Uh, in terms of offensively, though, Pritch, I suppose you want to get your take on this. Mm -hmm. Like A lot of the conversation leading into the season with Dallas was like, hey, like, what are, what are we going to expect from Mike McCarthy's offense now that Kellen Moore is down in L.A. Right. and he's with the Chargers? Like, Can we trust McCarthy? From what you've seen, it feels like to me, as, as an outsider who had never played the NFL, like Dak and McCarthy are like on the same page, almost sharing the same mind. Is that what you see when Absolutely. you watch this Cowboys Yeah, offense? I mean, Dak understands it's all about his footwork now in a pocket with this West Coast-style offense. And his footwork is going to tell him where to go with the football or help him with progression, if you will. Um, but I, I think it's another level now because last night uh, we saw McCarthy take advantage of matchups, individual matchups, and they, they have that. Uh, I said this a while ago to you, Femi, about – uh, Dallas needed one more playmaker. And, yeah. and so who was it going to be? And Ferguson's arrived. Um, I love him. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, uh, is it Topin or? Turpin. Turpin. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who's capable of making a place. Gallup is forgotten about now. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think they even target that guy. Uh, but then they're going to feature CD and then Brandon He was a Cooks. possession receiver last night. He, he was, right, yeah. right, right, <laughs> right. He should have caught another touchdown, yeah. though. Yeah. Put that right thing through his hands. In the window. <laughs> He put I, that I mean, thing. He put I, that thing through a window. Because when he had that one, he, there was the deep ball where they called like the phantom yeah. Yeah. pass interference. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, okay, that went through your arms. Yeah. The TD pass. I'm like, what are we doing, CD? Right, right. And he's been awesome this year, but I don't know what the hell was going on last yeah. night. No, Dak is uh, is, is so confident, um, and he's in tune with, with McCarthy. He, like he said, he said this during the post game comments, which I always like to listen to those because you kind of get some feelers from this quarterback or from players. Uh, he talked about these meetings that I'm having with McCarthy. I know exactly why, why he's calling it. I know why, when he's going to call, whatever he's going to call. And it's like Dak, it's Dak's game plan. It's like he has input. Uh, and, and for a quarterback like that, uh, if you have input, that's going to give you more confidence as well. I thought what I liked out of Dallas last night was they ran the ball 26 times. Mm -hmm. And they played the majority of the game from behind. Right. Yeah. But he didn't give up on the run where Carroll tends to – once they get behind, completely abandon the, the running game. Yeah. He, he just starts passing. Great point. But I like that they stayed balanced the whole game. Yep, and that's been their mantra all year, yeah. too, to stay kind of balanced. Look, if you look at play selection, uh, the top teams are closer to 50-50 oh. <laughs> in terms of play selection when the average in play selection in the National Football League is typically 60-40 pass-run ratio. But 50-50 is getting it done this year. Real quick before we head to break, the Seahawks, they have the Niners coming up, and then they host the Eagles. Seahawks playoff, are they done? I think the two teams in the north, the Packers and the Vikings, have a much better shot at the wild card. Yeah. Seattle was a desperate team last yeah. night. You can see it by the way they were oh, yeah. playing. Just came up a little bit short. All right, on the other side, we will get to the college football slate <laughs> beginning tonight, Oregon and Washington. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. What it's going to do for you, it's going to link all your betting accounts into one app, and it delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history. Juice Reel has also developed an artificial intelligence bot using the data from all Juice Reel bets. Robo Jackson is picking winners at a rate of 60% through more than 100 games. Robo, I need them winners, buddy. Find out for yourself. Download Juice Reel. Juice like orange juice and real. R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice. R-E-E-L. Boy, Robo Jackson on the heater. This is uh, the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings coming to you from the Circle Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here going triple option on a football Friday. And the football Friday this week, fantastic. Yeah. Pac-12 title game. Here in Las Vegas later tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, and is between Oregon and Washington. What a game these two teams played back in October in Seattle. Comes down to the final kick there, Oregon missing the field goal, which would have forced overtime Washington winning the game there. But uh, quite the difference that we have in the market this go-around, as the Ducks are now nine-point favorites, total 65 and a half year. Is this a little bit too much love for Oregon here, or is it just enough based on how Washington kind of played the second half of the season? Well, Washington's played, what, nine straight one-score games, Um, and if that holds true, you would take the points uh, in in this situation. Uh, To me, it's a bridge too far, nine. You could have bet the look-aheads on this game anywhere from four to six and a half all throughout the course of the year, and now it's nine. I'm not interested in nine. I'm interested in watching this game and just enjoying two really good football teams right. playing at a high level. Yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll be there to witness it in yep. person. Yeah, your you long go. history, your long association with the Pac-12 <laughs> well, has, that er- that has, earned you, has really earned you this right, Pritch. It's just legendary, <laughs> Mike. Oh. It's legendary, Mike. Legendary. It's not long. It's legendary. Yeah, you'll learn that soon. <laughs> Pac-12 sports person of the year. <laughs> That's right. Wait a minute. I want to get to that later. We're going to get I, to I, that I wore this from. Okay. We've come a long way from Arthur Ashe Coach Brian. I have a whole treatise on this. You know what? <laughs> this, this game is interesting because the last time Oregon was down here, Cristobal was getting hired to Miami. Thibodeau mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't want to play yeah. Oregon. Yeah. They didn't travel well yeah. for that game. What was, was sneaky about this, and I don't know, Fem, you've been in Vegas a while now, but there's a lot of Seattle people here in Vegas. Uh, I've been part of the Seahawkers Club and doing mm-hmm. some stuff around town uh, for years and, you know, the Pacific Northwest, in terms of Seattle, I, I wonder if, if Husky fans are going to turn out. I think they will. Yeah. Uh, I, Oregon, I, I think they'll travel for this situation, right? What's They're interesting have is to. Oregon has a good Hawaiian fan base, yeah. which I think factors mm-hmm. it a bit here in Las right. Vegas, right? Right, right. Because right. so of that connection. That so, stadium mm-hmm. is going to be wild, mm-hmm. though. It'll but, be electric. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So just setting mm-hmm. the stage that way. But, I mean, rematches. Look, I think if you've lost a game, and I've been, I've experienced this. If you lost a game, um, and you're the better team, okay, we got to correct what we did wrong. We're better than them. We're gonna wait, wait a minute. 
if you're the better team. Oh, you're you're, are about, you talking about the two Orange Bowls? Oh, yeah. Oh, so. See, how did he already – he went to Notre Dame. I could have been talking about Nebraska. It's about the second half. I could have been talking about Nebraska. You were never better than Nebraska. It always goes back to the Orange Bowl. Come on, halftime, Femi. I just, 40 minutes. I, stuck a, I just struck a nerve, though. I knew I was going to do that, too. Um, but, no, I, I think if you are the, t- the better team, if you're playing that team the second time around, you're going to be more confident. Certainly, you just got to eliminate mistakes. You're going to win the game. Now, Washington – a great point about what you guys said. Should they have won that first game? Probably not at home. But um, I think from a program standpoint and how it's been built by this coaching staff and how confident they are, how, how Penix is playing well, I like you what you are saying earlier about the points. I, I think it's too wide here. Uh, I think this is going to be a closer game. If it's a track meet, it certainly is going to be a closer game uh, than, than the spread indicates there. I don't think Washington is physical enough to push them around. Right. Right. right? No, this is mm-hmm. SEC. This team. is a, this is team that built like yeah. an SEC. So, so with SEC expectations too. Yeah. I just uh, the culture I, there in Oregon. I mean, if this game was, you know, 38-35, I wouldn't be surprised for I mean, right. I I think it's a one-score game in, deep into the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, could Oregon win by 10? Yeah, maybe. Right? Because, well, oh yeah, because Washington's going to have to lean on their strength, which is throwing the football, throwing the football, right? And uh, just to stay up or, or to feel like they need to stay in the game against Oregon. Do you if think, Oregon's scoring. Do you think Penix is hurt? I've heard a lot of people say, based on watching him play the last month, there's something not right with him. Well, there's there's something not right with a lot of guys. I mean, everybody's yeah. banged up. Yeah. Somebody's got something. Um, I, I think in a game like this, you get help. <laughs> you know, I don't know about the college ranks, but I know if this was professional football, you wouldn't be worried about yeah. certain injuries and stuff like that. But... Uh, you know, I, no, I, I, if he's hurt, everybody's hurt, though. So I, you got to factor it in. I, it's not going to take him out of the game unless he gets knocked out of the game, though. I mean, it can kind of point back to the last time these two teams played. That was the first time we saw Penix look yeah. a little bit, like, uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, like, wincing a little bit. And yeah. it's, ever been, it's been ever since that game. But I guess my question to you, especially Mike Palm, like, you mentioned that you see this being potentially 38-35. Yeah. What, what's stopping you from taking the points? Um. That I think that Oregon's the better team. I mean, if you look at all the common opponents, obviously their results are better, right? And I I feel that like this team has been on a mission since they lost that game, taking no prisoners. I think that if they're up ten late, I think he's going to keep throwing the ball because Nick's is there. Listen, Oregon campaigns for their Heisman candidates as well as anybody, right? Well, not I, as well as LSU this think, year. Well, was, I mean, that's ridic- ridiculous. Yeah, they campaigned by having their defense give up give up touchdown drives. There, so they get he has three more possessions every game than anybody else. Ridiculous. But anyhow, um, I wonder if Dan Lanning will be more conservative tonight, mm. knowing that he could have won the game on the road had he just taken points in the first game. Right. Will he be more conservative? When he has to make those decisions. I, I mean. Or is I, it just his nature? Well, I don't know how you get conservative in a championship game, though. Like, but do you, take, do you take a field goal on fourth and goal from the four? Do you? Because these teams go on from the two. From, yeah. And then oh, yeah. you got Aikman saying, well, the analytics say anything, <laughs> anything six inside the six, you go on fourth down at the goal. What? I, I, think, <laughs> I think you feel the room. I think yeah. you feel the game. I think, yeah. I think certainly <laughs> if your offense, if Oregon's offense is, is, is in gear, uh, and high octane, then yeah, absolutely, you go for those situations. Um, you know, you, you gauge that though, right? Um, the thing about Oregon's offense is it's an easier offense than Washington will have for, in terms of executing. Like Oregon can run it, they can short pass you, they can screen you, uh, they can throw it deep. I mean, they have an easier path. Whereas Washington, they're not going to really run the ball down Oregon's throat. I mean, no. they're, they're not physical enough that way, and I don't think they're consistent. And, and if Oregon has a sound game plan to, to slow down the passing attack, then that's when things get difficult for Penix. Yeah. I'm concerned about Washington's defense in this game. Because, okay. like, even last week in the Apple Cup, like, I, only, I know Washington State only put up 21 points, but, boy, there were some plays out there to be made for Washington State mm. in that game. And even for Oregon State, there was a lot of plays out there be, to be made. Like, Washington, the pass rush, sometimes it gets there. They got a couple of good pass rushers right. there. Berlin Trice and, and Zion Tupaloa Fatui. Like, they have some good guys, but the secondary has been suspect for Washington. And if Oregon's able to protect... I mean, Bo Nix, he's been able to have a clean pocket for much of this season, mm-hmm. and he's just finding those playmakers, and those guys are awesome after the catch. Yes, to where, they are. <laughs> like, it's, I, I don't know. 
I don't know how the Huskies thought. Like, uh, if anything, maybe look at Oregon team total over what is in this it? game. I'm, I'm t- taking a look right now. I'm seeing some like 38 and a half, 37 and a half mm. around there. But are you confident that Washington can get stops? No, it, but this yeah. this becomes about pace of game too. Yeah, that's also and if fair. Oregon's running the ball, right. um, they're going to eat time off the clock. You do, Pritch is right. You're not going to have to worry about The only time Washington tried to run the ball was when they knew USC was so bad defensively. Yeah, right. Why right. risk throwing it? It's the only game they ran the football. It's the only game they ran the football all year. Yeah. Bo Nix is what, 3,900 passing yards. Maybe uh, 800 of those are air yards. I mean, right yeah, after the a catch. Lot, a lot of screens. A lot of screens. A lot of screens. A lot of quick games. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I. I mean, it, the game becomes easier that way for a quarterback and, and efficient as well. You know, you're, you're not prone to make a lot of mistakes when you can execute a game plan that way. If you guys were sitting in my position as a uh, card-carrying member of the bodacious Heisman campaign. <laughs> oh, Pritch and I are maybe two of the only five guys that don't have Bo Nix at 100 to 1 at this network. It's amazing. I never saw 100. It is really amazing. This was the show. But yeah. I mean, at 20 yeah. to 1 plus the whole, I mean, it, it was like Len Mead sent an email. You must go back Bo Nix. Company policy. Yeah. 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 This was the show yeah. that at VEASAN, that we were groundbreakers here at VEASAN. Like when I came out in September and said, hey, Bo Nix, better before Colorado. Would you then take Washington to try to middle this thing there? Or no. do you think that's some blowout no, potential? I don't, because I think you can lose both ways. I think you have to straight hedge this with Daniels, and hopefully you get a price that better than 2-1. to one. Nick mm. has a good game tonight, and you can name how much you want to win. I have some Daniels. I mean, we, before they played Ole Miss, at, at what it was 30-1. to one. But much less than what the Knicks ticket would pay. Yeah, right? oh yeah much, much, much less. Yeah. And Knicks I, I mean, was always your conviction. I, I have been betting yeah. Bo Knicks multiple yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so this like this is like a big deal for me tonight to where it's like, okay, like I, I would love for – like Daniels would make some money, but it's nothing to like write home about. Mm-hmm. Knicks, might, okay. we might write home about that one. <laughs> we might write <laughs> There's going to be a party somewhere. Hey, you know what? It's, we're going to be big sick. wedding. It's going to be a big, <laughs> big wedding. wedding. My, 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 <laughs> a chandelier. A bigger <laughs> A bigger, a bigger way. A bigger, a bigger way. way. <laughs> we'll talk about the other Power 5 conference title games on the other side. This is the Lombardi line. <laughs> this is the Lombardi line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings and now hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, our VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Mike Pritchard, our recent NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes in the early 90s. Fun first hour breaking down all of the conference title games in college football. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form, Lombardi Line, wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you want some other picks, Tim Murray and Matt Humans broke down the whole card as well on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. So uh, you're all set for tonight with the Pac-12 game and then tomorrow night with all of the other Power 5 conference title games. But let's set college football off to the side just for a little bit. 30 minutes from now, Michael Felder, college football analyst, will be joining us as we break down the conference championship slate here. But let's get to the NFL. The National Football League, and we have a massive game, potentially an NFC title preview game. This was the NFC title last year. Rematch as it's the preview. rematch. Rematch and preview? <laughs> yes. That's what everyone said with Chiefs-Eagles. Put yeah. that on the – put that thing uh, – make a bet here. Rematch. Benson, is this a rematch and a preview? Yes, no. Niners, Eagles. Uh, it should be a fun game Sunday afternoon at the link, though. San Francisco out to a three-point road favorite against the Philadelphia Eagles. The total sitting at 47 and a half, 48 in some shops, but like at DraftKings right now. But is this is a lot of respect for a Niners team that I think we would all probably agree is the best team in the league. Mm. Oh, you wouldn't agree. I think Baltimore's real close. Baltimore's okay. led we'll see them play at the two-minute warning of all 12 games. They've that's, led that's crazy. at the two-minute. So in terms of game control, uh, I don't know. When healthy, I guess it's hard to argue against the 49ers. You, you took advantage of that when they went to Jacksonville oh, healthy. Man. I wish we could redo and, that one. But, but they are. And here again, another scheduling spot. They get the extra rest. These other Thursday teams played each other, so they didn't have an advantage. They get the extra rest in this spot. The Eagles sandwiched here in this gauntlet. Uh, it's an older team. I think that 59-yard field goal is the greatest kick I've ever seen in my life due to the spot, the weather, the slick field. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he hit that thing, got there in three seconds. and just That's the greatest kick. 
Uh, they're very fortunate, but they come away with a win again. They've trailed the half in four consecutive games. I think that catches up with them this week. I laid the two and a half. Uh, I'm not laying three. Yeah. No, three is a tough number in this real game, tough. right? I mean, real tough um, in the NFL. Yeah, that too. Uh, whew. Eagles are undefeated at home. They are. I mean, they're, they, they go on a road. They beat Kansas City uh, in an impressive fashion, even, even though Kansas City probably should have won that game. Uh, if if uh, I was playing and catch that touchdown, <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> take Marquez Valdez yeah. out of there. My Come God, on. Dude. Um, and San Francisco lost tough games on the road. Cleveland, Minnesota, and, and you know what Minnesota Flores is going to do to an offense and all that, right? But um, I, you know, when you think about San Francisco and games that potentially they have targeted, this is one of them. Uh, at least as a player, I mean, if you're Purdy, you can't wait to go up against the Eagles because of what happened. Uh, if you're Christian McCaffrey uh, and you almost played quarterback, you took some snaps at quarterback, I mean, you can't wait to go up against this team. Uh, and I think from an offensive line standpoint, that's true. And a defensive line, you want to measure yourself uh, against what's perceived to be the best offensive line in the National Football League. So this game, is, is, it's got that grudge feeling to it too. Uh, and therefore a very, very physical game. And I think what Mike talked about, I mean, this gauntlet for the Eagles, that this is going to be tough. They'll get up for it mentally, but then can their bodies hold up when San Francisco is repeatedly throwing body blow, body blow, body blow at this, at this team? Yeah, the, the situational spot here for the Eagles feels like it's brutal. Yeah. And I've talked with Michael Lombardi about this, obviously the namesake of this show, and our resident NFL general manager here at VEASAN. We talked about it on our podcast, the GM Shuffle, by the way. Subscribe, rate, and review. Um, and he said that the Eagles probably haven't practiced in like three weeks, like a physical practice right. just because of, hey, they were on a short week when they played Buffalo coming off of the Monday night game against Kansas City, which that was a physical game. And then you play 90 plays defensively against the Buffalo Bills, and then you have to kind of turn around and play this physical 49ers team that has the extra rest to where it's like, I agree with you guys. I think this, this would be Niners or pass. To kind of play devil's advocate, though, there's something about – the Eagles where they just keep coming up with these wins and it goes even before the bye week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can talk about week one against the new England Patriots, new England probably should have beat them. I mean, how about Dallas should have, would have, could have with that one chiefs should have, would have, could have bills should have, would have, could have like, is there a chance that we come back here on Monday and said, wow, Niners had them dead in the rights, but you know, <laughs> Eagles somehow, some way pulled out the victory. Like there's just something about this team's grit or whatever, all the cliches that apply to where, they find ways to win. And I think that has to be kind of accounted for, doesn't it? I think they're very smart. They, they, like, he knows he needs a field goal. He knew what he had to do. They got behind with the penalty, and then he ran Hurts up the middle, ran him up the middle. He knew his range. In Kansas City, in the eight-minute offense, or the four-minute offense, mm -hmm. as Lombardi calls it, Hurts running in the free would go down after nine yards, mm -hmm. knowing he can kill another 50 seconds because they can do the brotherly shove and always yeah. get a yard. They're very smart. They, they're very smart about how they operate, and that's what puts them over the hump in a lot of these close games. And I trust them to make the right decisions. I do. Right. right. Are they good enough to beat, talent-wise, the San Francisco team? Can San Francisco expose the secondary if they can't get any pressure on Purdy? Um, because they have just have, they're, they're a team with a lot of weapons. Right. And um, I just think they're the better team in the better spot here, both well, things. From an injury standpoint, there are some key players, yeah. though. I mean, you think about the secondary. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up with the 49ers. Um, Tifunga, right? Is that yeah. what I'm saying his name out, correctly? Out for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a big miss right there. Um, Philly, they're not only smart, but they create the big play. Uh, and that's what got them back in the game against Kansas City. Uh, so Brian Johnson, you know, people ask questions about him as a coordinator after Shane Steichen leaves and gets a head coaching job. But he's found a way to generate a big play, though. Uh, and that's what keeps Philly in these games. I mean, I know the te teaser syndicates watching and listening. I mean, mm. this is a great teaser leg, I think, if you like the Eagles, especially if they're undefeated at home. Uh, and with the pride that they have on their side, the way that they're going to play defensive line, defensive front, uh, and then certainly from an offensive front standpoint, going up against what San Francisco is going to bring, uh, this, this is that game that you cannot wait to play uh, on both sides. Will this have the atmosphere of a playoff game? Yes. <laughs> 1,000%. 1,000%. Not only from the fans, but on the field. You're talking about yeah. the players, yeah. the intensity. Yeah, 1,000%. This is, yeah. uh, because this is home field advantage, too. Right? Yeah. Uh, and this is something that, you know, certainly if you're trying to get to the Super Bowl, 
and we're talking about Super Bowl caliber teams, not teams that are trying to reach the playoffs. Uh, our goal is to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. We are absolutely are thinking about home field advantage right I, now. I remember when in the, that stretch in the early 90s, like 91 to 95, and Dallas and San Francisco mm-hmm. would always play in the regular. And yep. you knew that was for home field. Right. That yep. one game would decide home field, which was huge. Uh, once Dallas had gotten over the hump in that in that rivalry, so mm-hmm. I, I feel it's a game like that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It feels like the winner is going to be hosting this yeah. game again come January. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, almost like, hey, if you like one of the sides, maybe you take I, a little bit to I, win the I, NFC as well. I asked Michael Lombardi which team needed home field advantage more to get to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he Fair said, question. he said, the NFL has taken home field out of the game a lot now. It's not like it used to be, but he said if one of the two needed, he thinks San Francisco really? needed it more than Philadelphia. Okay. He thought Philadelphia would have an easier time. He said if you have a good offense, mm-hmm. it's easier to go on the road than if you have a good defense. Because if you're good defense and your offense isn't scoring, you're going to get behind. Mm-hmm. But if you have a good offense and you can go and score early on the road, you can take the crowd out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you are, have a good offense and, and you are explosive, yeah. too, that's the key. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Showtime in Kansas City, whatever nicknames you want to throw out, they generated that big play, and that's, you know, Kansas City, they, they hosted AFC Conference Championship games all the time. Uh, the Eagles have that now. You know, they use six eligibles if they want to, if they have to, but they really are, are leaning on being explosive, especially with A.J. and Devontae. So um, that, that, if you can generate those explosive plays, they're low percentage, you don't do it that mm. often, but when you do do it, it changes the outcome or it changes the complexion of the game sometimes. I actually disagree with Mike. I think the Eagles need the home field more this year in particular. Yeah. I think so. And like, just like the Eagles have an elite home field advantage, especially when they're good. Yeah. And the two times we've seen them go to the Super Bowl in the last handful yeah. of years, it's been with the one seed having that kind of home crowd to their advantage. You get weather too in Philadelphia more yes. so than in right. San Francisco. Well, I'm yeah. trying to figure out how the league has taken away home field advantage. Like, did you follow up with Michael and ask him? Listen, I have to, <laughs> I have eight minutes. Okay, we gotta get the three. We gotta get a good follow up. Three questions. This for next week. Okay. I, I know. Listen, I you know, I wanted to get to my key question of the okay. segment. All right. Which was, institutions and pro franchises chase the ghost of transcendent coaches. Mm, mm-hmm. Nebraska still tasting the ghost of Osborne. Boise State's. <laughs> Chasing the ghost of Chris Peterson. Yes, they are. You yeah. gonna get the there. Vikings are chasing the ghost of Bud Grant. Mm-hmm. The Bills are chasing the gro- the ghost of Marv Levy, and David Tepper is clearly chasing the ghost of Ron Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got your boy fired. At least you got yeah. the DC fired. So you know what? Yep, you got, I did. You, you, Eric's did. got a better shot now. He does. Yeah, well, I know. He does. <laughs> One more loss yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Del Rio. <laughs> That was the first domino. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day. Hey, it's hey, me. Coach let's E.B. Go. Let's go. <laughs> Coach E.B. Interrupt. How about Belichick ends up in Buffalo next year? If they, oh, don't, if they don't make the playoffs, McDermott's gone. Yeah, I think McDermott's gone if they don't. Yeah? Which, I mean, they're like, what, minus 500? Pagula's miss making a call if Belichick's yeah. going to be available. I, so. I, I do. I think that could happen. There's nobody else to fire in Buffalo. Yeah. There's going to be so many everybody. openings, though. Like, which one is Belichick? You want to go want? With, with Josh Allen? Wouldn't you want to? I mean, it's his whole bad. motto is he's sure. got to hook himself Josh onto Allen a quarterback. or Justin Herbert? <laughs> no. No? Herbert, stop. I asked okay. Michael about Carolina. Okay. Stop I You think Belichick would go to Carolina? No. You don't think so? No. No, no. Can't really? coach in the South. It's a whole different way of life. <laughs> they don't go for all that curmudgeon. Saban's done it. That curmudgeon nonsense. Saban's done it. Saban's, Saban's a chameleon. Saban, okay. Saban appeals that, to all people. Right. That is actually true. He, he is. is. He is. He is. <laughs> He's a used car salesman. <laughs> As a college football coach, you have to be a chameleon. A chameleon. Yeah. yeah, you got to be able to hard on his coach. And not a phony chameleon like Brian Kelly. <laughs> 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 for my family. <laughs> I mean, the guy has a Cajun accent. Wow. <laughs> for NFL on the other side. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. The holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code VSN at checkout, get an additional $30 off your order. Send tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks or even easy to prepare meals that are ready in a flash omaha steaks is a gift from the heart a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite order with complete confidence today knowing you're ordering the very best visit omahasteaks.com take advantage of 50 percent off site-wide plus use promo code vsin at checkout to get that extra 30 dollars off your order minimum order may be required now I'm hungry, gentlemen. Uh, welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard hanging out on a football Friday. Triple option style. We got a lot of college football on deck for the weekend here as we're efforting finding our guests here. But uh, later tonight, Oregon, Washington, a lot of fun. Can't wait for that one. Obviously, the games that are coming up tomorrow. Which game, in your guys' opinion, and then let's, let's take Florida State-Louisville out of it because obviously that's a coin flip. When you remove that game, which one do you think is most likely to have an upset in these conference title games? Go ahead, Pritch. Um, most likely? Most I, likely I mean, upset. I, I think we can get a thrilling game tonight, right? I mean, I, mm. don't, I don't know if it's likely that there's going to be an upset, though. But I, I would think say Alabama. Is Alabama, most likely to pull the upset. Most likely. Well, yeah. They've got no. a, I Point think they have season. a better shot. Yeah, I mean, most, most, li- yeah, most likely. Right. I mean, yeah. but yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right. Well, let's let's find out what our guest okay. thinks. The one and only Michael Felder, college ball mm-hmm. analyst, joining us right now on the Lombardi line. Check out his Substack. It's Felder.substack.com. Michael, we appreciate you taking the time this morning. I'll ask you the question. Remove the ACC title game out of the equation. Which of these conference oh. title games do you think is most likely to deliver an outright upset? Oh, I, I mean, Alabama for me is the answer. Um, they, they, they're such a good football team. Like, this team is, like, they're not the same team that played this Texas team. Texas is also should be on upset alert uh, playing mm-hmm. Oklahoma State because with the exception of last weekend, they've been skating around too. So I, I really do think that Alabama's got an opportunity to beat Georgia, and I think that Georgia knows that they're still going to get in even if they lose to Alabama. So why would you stretch that tightrope surgery on Brock Bowers? Why would you stretch Lad McConkey not being healthy if you know you're going to get in, play it tight, but you know you're going to get in. Michael, I want to follow up on your point about Georgia still getting in even with a loss. 
Are you suggesting that they would get in over undefeated Florida State and or a one-loss Big 12 champ Texas? I am suggesting they would get over, get in over Texas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, let's, can we, hey, can we take it full? Let's take it full. Yeah. Let's, can we take it full? Please do. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's don't all, don't let's ask, just do, do it. Spread <laughs> option. Let's go. Who thinks that Texas is better than Georgia? I, I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> and who thinks that this Alabama team is the same Alabama team that Texas beat? Wow, no hands. No. Okay, got it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same uh, thought process with you thinking that but, Georgia but, is going to make it but I'll, regardless. I'll, I'll stop you there, though, because, like, <laughs> doesn't that game still have to matter? And I get what you're saying, that, like, Bama's improved, Milrose improved greatly, and Texas, sometimes they look a little bit shaky, but they did go into Tuscaloosa and beat them by double digits and close them out at Bryant-Denny. Like, that has to matter, doesn't it? I mean, I think it matters. But I also think it doesn't matter that much because at the end of the day, we're watching these teams and it's not about the it's not about who win, who lose. It's about who's the best. And right now, Alabama, there might be three teams, maybe four, maybe four teams that are better than Alabama. And I can tell you, Texas ain't one of them right now. You know, Michael, I was thinking about this, too, in terms of um the whole resume thing and, and, you know, the committee and an influence and all this. And uh, one thing, and you probably know this too. I mean, one thing people keep talking about is Texas and that loss against OU. Right. And and therefore uh, they are really not one of those type of playoff teams. I mean, the record wise and beating Alabama, sure, but uh, they just don't have that profile, I guess, in an opinion standpoint, from an opinion standpoint uh, to be a top four team in the country. Yeah, it's it's here's the thing. I'm not even going to say it. it's an opinion standpoint. What I look at is for me when I do this is I'm looking at body of work, yes, collective pieces. And collectively the pieces that Texas have they're really it's rough. Like Sark is a very good play caller, he's a very good play designer and I love that out of him. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm watching them play, and I'm like, yes, I like Xavier Worthy, and yes, I I like Whittington, and I like Brooks, and we gotta be all all be healthy, and I love love their defensive line. But at the end of the day, this is not a like again, like if I gotta put my house on it, my mortgage, I'm not betting on them. Mm. We're speaking with Michael Felder, college football analyst. Check out his Substack; it's Felder.substack.com in the bleachers where you can find him over on Twitter. Well, let's talk about tonight's game here, Michael, because yeah. right now Oregon is a nine-point favorite. The total sitting at 65 and a half. A lot of points expected to be scored in this game here. Do you think that the betting market is disrespecting Washington, or is this kind of reflective of what we've seen over the last five to six weeks? I think it's I think it's kind of yes and no. Like, right? It's it's yes, the betting market is disrespecting Washington, but also Oregon has earned all of the extra respect that they're getting. And I'll say this, I've seen it at nine and a half. Um, yesterday it was a nine and a half. Now it's at nine. But the reality for me is get in. Washington is, they're going to be really hard to stop. And I'm looking forward to watching this battle tonight because at the end of the day, we got a Washington team that they're finally healthy again. And I don't think enough folks realize that. And listen, that's, that is part of the disrespect is folks not paying attention to what Washington has been going through uh, with their wide receiver and the, like those guys going down. But I am looking at this Washington team. I think Washington can win outright, but I also think that the reality for them is they're, this is a one score football game and nine and a half definitely or nine ain't one score. So I think Washington is a, if I'm putting money on this game, I'm putting it on Washington on, the, on that money. Michael, speaking of the betting markets, the betting markets have Bo Nix, pretty solid favorite at around yeah. minus $2 to win the Heisman. Jaden Daniels, plus 140, plus 150. I've talked to four Heisman voters in the last two weeks. Three of them have said if they voted today, it's Daniels. Two of them have said it's Daniels, and it's Daniels easy. Uh, and one has said, I'm not sure, but Bo Nix needs to do a lot in the Pac-12 championship game. Is the market wrong? Or is this just too short of a sample of these Heisman voters, given there's over 800 that cast the ballot? I think Oregon is a big name. And because Jaden Daniels, what do they have? They have three losses, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. 
we haven't seen a guy win the Heisman with three losses since uh, what RG three. So I think that's what people that's what's that's what's kind of handicapping folks. And so for me, I think Jaden Daniels deserves it. He should win it. He should be the guy. I have kind of taken a step back from the Heisman and looked at it just like which quarterback should win this instead of looking at who's the best player. And I certainly think that Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the country this year. Michael, we're getting some line movement on Florida State, Louisville. I mean, I'm looking at a one, a pick em, uh, is popping up yep. right now. Um, so I guess the scenario is there. Like Florida State's going to lose uh, to Louisville here and then open up the, the can, uh, if you will, for the committee to see what they deal with. I mean, are you thinking, okay, that, that game right there really uh, is going to decide the fate of all these other teams that could potentially get into this playoff? Yeah, I think it's an interesting game because you can't leave an undefeated Florida State out. You mm -hmm. cannot. You cannot do that. That's not what all these guys, they didn't sign up to leave an undefeated team out, uh, to leave an undefeated, quote-unquote, Power 5 team out. They didn't sign up for that. And when you only have undefeated Washington, undefeated Georgia, undefeated Michigan, and undefeated Florida State, that's who goes. That's who gets to go. So for me, I, I truly, I think that, they, if they win, they are in. But once, if they lose, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> now we got problems with, with, with Texas, with Ohio State, who's ranked ahead of Texas, with Alabama. If they can upset Georgia, you got a lot of problems if, if Florida State loses. Yeah, Ohio State right now is like 40 to 1 to win the national title. There's a weird scenario yeah. where they can get in and maybe you get a live ticket to go ahead and head to the semifinals. We got about 45 seconds left here, Michael. Yep. What do you think of the Big Ten title game? Michigan's a 22-point favorite. The total is laughably low at 35, but it's an Iowa game. Can Iowa keep this thing close, or is this Michigan running away? I think Michigan's going to keep it close. Mm -hmm. Is that crazy to say? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. they're going to keep it close. They will not throw the – like, we're, we're talking about – Guys, we're talking about a team that threw that that ran the ball 32 times in the second half in a game they were winning where they could have been practicing other stuff that they needed to do. And instead, they're like, no, we're just going to keep running it and it's fine. So like, yeah, like how many how many passes do we think we see from J.J. McCarthy? Seriously, give me one, two, three. You three, give me. Tell me how many. I know we got to go. I'll say twelve. I'll say twelve. Twelve. Twelve is a number. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Complete there we go. So, so maybe it's maybe it's the under is that the play yeah. is. He is Michael Felder. Check him out. It's Felder.substack.com. Does great work on college football. Michael, we appreciate it, man. Be well. You guys take it easy. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah. Michigan might keep this thing within the number here, sitting at twenty-two. We'll he wrap answered up all show. questions with a question. That <laughs> gave us the answer. <laughs> Our own answers. <laughs> we'll wrap up the show on the other side. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.